There's crispy, and then there's crispy, er. Try our new and improved Tyson crispy chicken strips. Crispy just got crispy, er. Oh hey, Kyla. Hey, Mr. Weldon. Hey, Kyla from Hampton. Say hi to Angela Yee. Hi. Hi. <laughs> the real HU. <laughs> Yes, I know. The I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Aaron, Aaron went to uh, Aaron went I, to uh, Howard. I could guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was only kidding. You know what? Me and Envy always go back and forth about that because I probably have more friends that did go to Howard, but my <laughs> boss went to Hampton, and so did Envy. Great. Welcome to HBCU 468, brought to you by ESPN's The Undefeated. This weekly podcast looks at life inside and outside of sports from the unique perspective of the Roden Fellows, hand-picked students from six historically black colleges and universities. They're young, they're smart, and they are living one of the most unique experiences in American higher education. I'm Bill Roden, and here are this week's Roden Fellows. I'm Tyler Wright from Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. Hello, everyone. I'm coming to you from the 538 studio in New York City. Uh, Kyler, we'll get back to you in a second. Uh, The holidays are coming up and the fellows are going on break. We all remember that. We're going to discuss some of the biggest sports stories of the year, which is definitely going to include LeVar Ball, who's starting a basketball league for top-performing high school students who are not interested in playing basketball in college. Obviously, there's a lot of debate about this and whether it further disincentivizes black men from going to college. Some argue that college isn't for everyone. That's not my argument, but we'll talk about that later. In the studio today are two special guests, uh, Jamal Murphy, a sports reporter for CBS Local, and the great Angela Yee, the radio personality, entrepreneur, and one of the host of The Breakfast Club. In my book, she's the host of The Breakfast Club. Welcome to the show. I don't feel like I'm a guest anymore. I'm just here all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, a, she's a regular. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm a regular, too. I've been on once before. Well, you're Good a regular. to be here. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, thank you. You've been here Jeez. once. Okay. Yeah. No, he's been here. He's actually been here a lot. On the show? <laughs> I know. On the, on, uh, on, the, on the HBCU show? Yeah, twice. Well, you know, twice, Jamal, twice. Jamal went to, since you went to A&T, right. he kind of gets grandfathered in, though, but because <laughs> I kind of despise a and you know anyway hey uh wow no, well, we'll we'll get into that it's later a, it's, a it's a rivalry you gotta show love hey so let me so we're, we're you know uh we're gonna be doing the new year in, in, in a few days what are your plans for the new year i don't have a plan is that amazing should, yeah, be, should, should be in the bahamas I, I know. okay maybe <laughs> but i purposely didn't have a plan i'm just excited that like i have some time off from work i'm mm. never home so i've been enjoying being home and you know handling business and not having to get up at four in the morning every day mm. we got on the line um uh, i think you've already said hi unofficially but kyla wright kyla wright is one of the Roden fellows she's at uh, Hello. hampton university and you know she's been wanting to chomping at the bit <laughs> to talk to you because I think you guys are almost kind of kindred spirits. She would love to be kind of you. Oh, listen, hi Kyla, how you doing? Very true. I'm good. How are you? You know, Envy went to Hampton, right? Yes, I actually met him at homecoming this year, and we had a nice little conversation. Me, him, his wife, some other people. So that was really cool. 
Yeah, I've been encouraging him to give back more because the people at Hampton have said that he barely ever shows up for anything. Wow. And he's always at Howard's homecoming. So I was like, Envy, you got to go to Hampton. Just <laughs> and Kyla, what are you in school for? Do you know what it is that you really want to do? I'm actually in school for journalism. Oh, That's good for you. I'm studying journalism. <laughs> so um, yeah, in that, like in that field, uh, one of the questions, one of the main questions I had was, how did you become interested in radio? And, you know, how did you find your voice and find your passion for what you do now? And, you know, everything that you've done and how you have shaped yourself and, you know, made a name for yourself. Well, I actually went to school. I was an English major, and I did a lot of internships when I was in college, so that's important. I'm sure you're doing some great internships, as I could tell, because you, you seem like you're very in the mix, um, which is good, all that networking and representing yourself well and taking advantage of those opportunities to intern and get school credit and everything. But for me, I had a background in marketing. So I didn't go to school thinking I would be doing radio. And a lot of times what you go to school for isn't necessarily what you end up doing, but it will help you in whatever it is that you decide to do in life. Because journalism, no matter what you decide to do, is will be beneficial for you anyway. Just like I feel like majoring in English was really helpful for me to be able to read and write well. And I always wanted to be a writer. Okay. Yeah, so it's been really helpful for me. But I had a marketing background. And when I started doing radio... I was able to really utilize that background I had to market myself because that's really important. Mm. If you're doing mm. something great and people don't know about it and mm. don't know about mm. you, then who's really hearing it, you know? So once I started doing radio as serious, I was I really put myself out there like we didn't have a budget. So a lot of things that I did was via Twitter, you know, going on Facebook and starting my own website and just making sure that I used like my interviews. I would actually service them to the blogs and make sure that they got out there like that. And I did all of that myself. Wow. Very impressive. So how do you find your voice and still make yourself a prominent voice on a show that's kind of male dominated? I think that you have to look at certain things as a benefit. Like the fact that I'm the only woman on the show means that there's certain things that they want me to ask because they can't really ask it. And okay. you have a different rapport, too, I think, as a woman when you speak to people. You know, I do feel like I use all those things to my advantage. Some people look at it like, oh, I'm a woman, so they treat me differently. And, yeah, that's true, too. But there are certain yeah. things that are actually better for you. Like just even the way that I can talk to women is different. And even certain questions that I can ask a man that it would sound weird coming from a guy. Mm. Like is what? different. Like, what, for example? like if I asked a guy things about like their personal life, it would sound really weird if like Charlemagne was like, "So I heard you're dating this person." Mm -hmm. But I can do it, and it sounds more <laughs> conversational, you know, with me asking okay. them like more more intimate mm -hmm. questions like that. Where if they do it, it's just a, a little bit weird sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think also just yeah, just as a woman, the way that we speak to people is just so. So different. I feel like it actually is. No offense to Jamal and Bill in here. Here we go. Actually, you know, whenever they say that, here comes the left hook. Okay, go ahead. But what? But, you know, we just have a certain way that we can speak that is just so much more smooth and suave. So. Wow. Really? I can tell by listening to Kyla right now. She sounds way more smooth and suave than guys. <laughs> wow. Well, we like to thank you, Angela, for sure. Guard, can you kind of escort her? Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kyla. Go ahead. Just, you already got this rapport. You have some more suave. You have some more suave things you want to ask. The woman thing. I'm sorry. It's it's, it's the rapport already. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Let me think. Okay, well, I guess in your career, like, you know, we see all the good things, you know, you interview all these big guests and everything, but how do you feel about interviewing these guests? Like, do you still, like, get kind of, like, fanny or, like, you can't be a fan anymore? Because I know, like, in working with Mr. Roden and the Roden Fellows with ESPN this summer, we would be at basketball games, football games, and we couldn't act like fans. We couldn't take pictures. We couldn't do that sort of thing. So is that different for you or is it, like, the same? I think that it is true. Like, when you're working to get to somewhere, like, with our interns, you have to play it cool because nobody wants you to be around, like, you know, you have to focus on what you have to do for work. For me, I think that it is important for me to be a fan sometimes because I am a human being and there's certain people that come up to the show. And I think it's flattering for certain people if it's genuine for you to say, like, I'm a real fan of you. I love when people say that to me. Mm. I think it's really flattering, Mm -hmm. you know, and I do think that it's a time and a place for it. You know, like I tell my interns, if there's somebody that you're really excited about, give me a heads up and I'll ask them to take a picture with you. You know, because I don't want you to ever okay. have to do that yourself. But if it's something you can't do it like every time somebody comes up like, oh, my God, I love this person. And you can't act all crazy. But you can ask me like, Angela, listen, you know, Wiz Khalifa's coming up here. I love him. You know, would you mind if I took a picture? And I definitely will make it. I'll ask, you know, I let people know. I'd be like, oh, my God, I loved when you did this. And there are certain people that I get really excited to talk to and meet. I don't ever want to be so jaded that I don't get excited about things. Now, that's an interesting perspective because mm-hmm. I gave them a whole okay. lecture. This, uh, this right? is my lecture. <laughs> right. Wait, 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 Bill, wait, you gave a lecture? Oh. He gave you a lecture? What did he tell you, Kyla? Oh, remember, oh, we about just the fan um, you thing. You have to separate business and pleasure. Like, we, we couldn't be fans. Like, we were in the press box. And if we're at... Was it soccer, game, ba- basketball, we're some game. game? We're in the press box. And he told us we couldn't cheer. And, um, or we're at the Mets game and we couldn't cheer in the press box, you know, like that's, you know, kind of a key in professionalism. But even like we went to the Giants training camp and the mini camps with the Jets and we couldn't go up to Odell Beckham and ask for a picture. We right. couldn't, you know, do that. Like we have to do our interview, get in, get out and produce our package, produce it put on undefeated website and that was it. And I, so, I do think that, yeah. that that is true for that particular instance because what you guys are doing is a lot more pressure and it's like a time period of they probably don't feel like at, at the particular game. But if it was a one-on-one interview and you because our situation is different. Like people come up to the studio and right. they already know us. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, they... It, it's the nature of the yeah. nature of the nature. That's where it's the nature time of our business... Place. Yeah, well, and also maybe that's the nature of our business. Yeah. That's where there's a little gray area there because yeah, it's, it's the, in the, it, it's the hardcore entertainment where mm-hmm. this is it's kind of entertainment but it's kind of gladiator kind of stuff and, it's, and you might be you might be writing a story about that person and you're looked at to be objective it's a little different yeah it is even different. even in even in sports even if you were just a uh you know had a podcast and you were just interviewing players it's a little different than, than being a column. And plus, we're not objective. We can say we don't like or like something. You right. know what I mean? Like, we're not objective okay, at all. True. So I think it's, you know, some people we like, some people we don't really care for that much. And we can keep it real about mm-hmm. it. So I think what you have to do. Charlemagne definitely does. Yeah, exactly. So, right, you know, you right. have to you have to be objective. So I guess that's um, definitely different. And I do feel like when I was younger, just coming up, I was very cautious about just not getting excited about things and seeming professional. Because some people won't want you around if you're mm-hmm. acting like too much of a giddy. fan. Yeah. You're too giddy. And, and maybe I wonder, I don't know how, how you feel, Kyla. And that, that could be a thing, Kyla. You, you went into a lot of locker rooms where you were like the only... Uh, female, did you feel self-conscious right. about it? Mm-hmm. 
after the first time I got used to, I, it was something that I had to get adjusted to because the first time when I was in the locker room, it was kind of like the the eyes and, you know, the whispers and the looks and everything. And I'm just kind of like, okay, y'all have seen the female before plenty of times. I know, like, on now. stop it. So it was just kind of like an adjustment and right. um, still having to keep that professional face on, even though I was uncomfortable. And even sometimes, you know, you just have to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and just get the job done, get in and get out. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just another part of the learning experience overall as well. And it just means that you have to excel because you have to be better than everybody else because you're still always trying to prove yourself that you belong there, you know. And I don't mind right. having to go above and beyond because it made me that much better. Um, I agree, definitely. What was your biggest challenge? What has been your biggest challenge thus far in your career just in anything overall? You can the breakfast club or just anything. I think one of the biggest challenges is just really always being who you truly are. A lot of times people want you to change who you are. They want, like for me, I've always been like a real cool, chill person, really positive. And sometimes it's hard to maintain that. But I've always told myself I don't ever want to change just because other people are negative and other people are nasty and other people are rude and I'm not ever going to be that person. Mm. So it's just me always reminding myself who I really am and not feeling like I have to change that just because, oh, she's too nice or she's too this. or I. That's okay because that's who I really am. And I never felt like I have to be controversial mm. or I have to, you know, date certain people or do certain things just to get more attention. I don't mind being that person that is on the radio but also working really hard behind the scenes doing positive things. And I know that's not exciting for some people, but I don't want to change who I am just to be exciting for other people to watch. Would you say that this is your dream uh, your dream job? I would say that this, yeah, this job is, like, incredible. I mean, there's other things that I want to um, aspire to, and I, but I do feel like I'm so blessed to be in the position that I'm in. Like, I love my job. The hardest part is waking up at 4 in the morning every day, Ugh. and that's never going to change. But... <laughs> But I get a lot of perks with this, and, like, I enjoy what I do, and I feel a responsibility for it. And there's nothing better than getting up, even though it's hard, every single morning and enjoying what you do. It's way worse when you have to go somewhere and hate it. Right. Yeah, it's not really, It doesn't seem like work. This, 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 I mean, it, it, it still seems like work now. Well, it, <laughs> well oh, really? This is work? No, no, but, no but 4 a.m. Four, 4, 4 a.m. is tough. Yeah. 4 a.m. is tough. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but you know, when you do think about what we do, I, I mean, I wouldn't do this for free, but it's just so enjoyable. Yeah, it is. It's really enjoyable. It talking could be to so much worse. People. Oh, <laughs> if you see it every day. Yeah. If you ever do that, you're, 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 it could be in the tax, someplace you say, wow, this, people have to do this every single day. Mm-hmm. And you know they can't like it. Right. I've had jobs that I'm like, man, I got to get out of here. What was the worst job you had? My worst job? Uh, I worked, I did a temp job and I worked at, through a temp agency. I did that for three days and then I quit. Um, but that sucked. I couldn't imagine having done that every day. And I worked retail. I did, I did UPS when I was in college. I, really? I was loading trucks for like three days. I was Shit. out. I worked. Yeah, I worked. It's not truck. Jamal. You imagine how slow he was loading that truck. <laughs> Murphy has been two days. <laughs> One box, two this days. Is supposed to be overnight. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a true story. It sounds like really overnight. Oh, yeah. you'll, you'll never get a job in FedEx. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Kyla. We kind of like absconding with this. But Kyla, when are you graduating? 
I graduate next year, 2019. That's exciting. So have you been doing like a, a well, yes. first of all, it's great that you had this um, experience, you know, with Bill and with ESPN and everything. But um, what about what about what you're doing on campus? I write for the newspaper and I, I write for um, her campus, but it's an online site. And then I have my own blog, so I do that. And then, of course, other extracurricular, like a student government association. I ran for Miss Hampton this past year. She's a so debutante. Definitely staying active. I campus. love it. I love so, it. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm gonna save this interview so when you get famous, I could be like, I remember I was on the phone with her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Has a radio industry, and we can keep in contact and all that great stuff. So I can tell you, you helped me get me famous. <laughs> get you famous. Right. <laughs> hey, well, listen. Uh, hey, Kyla, thank you so much. And uh, you know, no have, what are you what are you gonna do for um, New Year's, Kyla? You going back to Detroit? Definitely. Please. Yes, I'm back. I just got back last night. It will be safe. And so I'm, my brother, <laughs> yes, my brother comes in um, in two days. So our whole family will be back together for the first Girl, time. Girl, you know I got three houses in Detroit. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. What part? In Boston, Edison. Okay. And yeah, I'm over on the west side. So. <laughs> Where are you by, Dexter? Okay. you by Dexter? No, I'm on the west side, 8 Mile. Okay, all right. I'm trying to act like I know Detroit like that. You heard me? <laughs> I know, I said, well, you have three houses in Detroit. <laughs> yes, I do. That's that's optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love. Listen, I love Detroit, and I think Detroit is very up and coming. Yes, I love people from Detroit, and that was definitely a, a great investment, you know, for me. So yeah, well, good. For, you know, Derek Coleman did that. Too. You know, you know, Derek Coleman, the basketball player. Yes, I do. And, and Jalen Rose has a school in Detroit. That's right. Yes, he That's has right. a, a school here. Yep, okay. named after him. And y'all got the Pistons back downtown. You guys are popping. Are they there already? Or yes, next year? it's some gentrification, but besides that, you know. Well, there's going to be gentrification. You know. come, come you to count, you're <laughs> counting on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're counting on, <laughs> <laughs> counting on gentrification. I'm praying for it. No, <laughs> but I, I do you're think like, it's important. There, I do think it's important for black people to own things in Detroit and own right. businesses and be a part of the change. Right. And I do feel like they need to make sure that black people are That's involved right. in all these changes that are happening in Detroit. And we need to be aware of the things right. that we can do, too. Right. You know, right. but they need to That's make it like right. a law. That's a smart Smart. Yeah, and there's smart like move. a campaign right now going on called 101 Black Women, and it's headed by her name is Maya Jones. She just graduated from Michigan State, and she ran for mayor of Detroit. She obviously she didn't win, but mm-hmm. she's very amazing. And she is right now starting this organization, just making sure that we can still be a part of the changes that are going on in the city. And it's kind of like you just said, like even though there is a gentrification, still making sure that our black businesses can go on and can thrive with us being a part of the change so that we can still say this is our community and we made a, made this and, you know, we're part of the impact, so we're making the changes. So that's something that's up and coming and thriving, and I've seen her mm-hmm. do the work. And even though I'm not here, so I can't really do it on location because a lot of the stuff is events actually in the city. So because I'm in Virginia, I can't, but I've just seen it on social media, and it's definitely thriving. So we're definitely going to come up most yeah. Yeah, Kyla, Kyla loves her to Detroit. No, listen, Detroit guys, has a rich history. Detroit. Detroit is Motor City. Detroit had Motown. You know, it's Motown, not a, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, so hopefully you guys will connect when you come in. I know you only come during the summer, right? <laughs> Actually, I might be in Detroit yeah. next week. Oh, New Year's? Yeah. Oh, New Year's? I might be. I Wait a minute. Might we, be. The Bahamas or, or Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, good, man. We, I hope you guys will connect. 
Yes, that'd you know, be awesome. I stayed at the MGM yes. Grand last time I was there. I loved it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yay! MGM is great. It's a great hotel. <laughs> uh, you better tell Bill he needed to, to get to Detroit, okay? Listen, I grew up in Chicago. Detroit is like a oh, suburb. Oh, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> I love I, Chicago, I know, too. Yeah, well, yeah right. Detroit's got like a suburb of Chicago. It is, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, 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 Kyle, listen, have a great uh Great Christmas. Really great working with you this year. Looking forward to like a smashing 2018. Thank you. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're just going to continue the conversation with Angela and Jamal about the top sports stories of 2017. So stay tuned. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to the HBCU 468. I'm Bill Roden, and uh, I'm in the studio here in beautiful Midtown Manhattan uh, with uh, my co-host, the great Jamal Murphy, and with the wonderful Angela Yee of the um, Breakfast Club. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so listen, we're gonna we're going to switch gears from Angela's tremendous career, which is having us all like doubting. What the hell am I been doing? All these years? <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to switch from that, uh, but we're going to talk about um, 2017 top stories of uh, of the year. We're moving to 2018, yeah. and there's a lot. I mean, as we speak, there's probably I'm almost afraid to look at the feed. Mm. But uh, Angela, and you're uh, and you're really plugged into stuff. What what sort of been the top uh, the major stories uh, of 2017 for you. Well, you know how I can gauge this based on when Jamal texts me? And he texted me when we interviewed Lonzo Ball. Mm, <laughs> mm, great interview. Yeah. Great interview. Yeah, so I think that was a big deal. Just watching everything that LeVar Ball did with his family and seeing people's reactions to it. You know, the big baller brand. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I, did you guys order the sneakers? Or? I want you, you know, when no. it first came out, actually, I was in Vegas. I, silly me, I thought I'd go to a store. And I actually wanted to get a pair because I would have gotten a pair. I would have right, gotten a pair. For 500 You would pay uh, $500 for the kids. Absolutely. Because, you know what, it, when the Ferrari came out, let's say you were in the hood. And, and let's say you were one of the first people mm-hmm. to right. come into the hood with a Ferrari. Right. And yet, it would be a lot of money and all that, but you came into the hood with a Ferrari. <laughs> I don't care what they said. You know, I don't care what they were saying. They said, man, that brother got a Ferrari. So, yeah, I would have I bought the uh, 500 But also, also, it's support. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's not like the guy's trying to get off the plantation. Right. He's trying to get off the plantation. with man, what, why are you trying to get off the plantation, man? <laughs> they, give, they give us three million. Why don't you give your Why don't you give your son to Nike? <laughs> or why don't you give him to Under The white man, come on. You know, he's right, like, man, right, right. aren't y'all tired of this stuff? Right. Yeah, it was interesting to see everybody's reactions to how he was, and he's just so non-traditional as far as the route that he's taking with his children. Right. We had a whole discussion behind the scenes at work. You know, because some people will say, oh, it looks like his kids can't even speak for themselves and he makes all the decisions. But the guys were telling me, well, my parents made all my decisions for me growing up, too. Right. And there were no decisions. Of course. When, when you were 13, we, did you have a lot to say? Yeah. What kind of decisions had to did be, you know, Now, I was a little different. I was making yeah, all kinds of decisions. Probably had, you probably had a lot to say. <laughs> you know <what> really? <laughs> but that, but that, was, that was a great interview you guys yeah, did. I thought, I thought he came across really well com- compared to other s- situations you guys ask good questions and all that did you guys watch his um show on facebook i haven't watched it yet mm. ball in the family oh no i, wa- it, I watched one it? episode it was good mm-hmm. it's actually yeah good. i thought it was pretty entertaining i think mm-hmm. that what it did for me because 
you know, initially, like, you watch it, and it's true, the media will make you look at somebody a certain way, and I'm like, okay, you know, what's going on? But when you watch the show, you can see how much he loves his wife, he loves his kids, and how hard he works with them, and, and it seems, I mean, it looks like that's really what they want to pursue in their life as well, so... He's Richard right. Williams. He's Richard Williams, you know, different so, sport, mm-hmm. but doing what, he, what what Richard Williams did with his kids. He had right. he, And... Whenever you do something like like that, then you're bucking the system. The system's going to strike back. And it makes me think of like with LeBron and how he had his crew of people come in yeah. with him, and yeah. people had issues, you know, with that, with Maverick, with Rich Paul, with all of them coming in. People had issues with that. But it's like just because he's not going the traditional route that you guys go as far as getting an agent and getting this management, right. and he brought his own people in, and it's been really great for him. Right. That's more, what they call. Yeah, right. That, really that's great. why they call it the traditional route. And that's right. why. And that's what, and you're right. The system fights back. Like they, uh, oh, oh, like they didn't get. You know, they don't have control over everything we do for no reason. It was a concerted effort to get that. And, That's and, right, to get and anybody who right. tries to go against it, you know, the media, the, right. the mass well, media, with. you know, is going to come They try to you. make it look like you're doing something crazy. And then, and then it gets to our own people. You know, oh, it's, yeah, our right. own people start to buy into that. Mm-hmm. And we start attacking our own people and, and becoming what's, jealous. What's wrong like with that. you, LeVar? Why are you trying <laughs> to get your own shoe contract? You? <laughs> you know, Jamal, what, what, what was Sports? the... Uh, well, anything, just in life. No, I mean, we, I mean... We, Obviously, the harassment situation, yeah. and that that transcends all, yeah. uh, you know, sports. It's been in the sports, uh, entertainment, every industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a huge deal. It's a good thing. It's hopefully it's a good thing that people know about it. It's, good, it's <laughs> and a good people thing. Can speak out, yeah. And, and yeah, it's a it's a great thing that that women are speaking out about it now, mm-hmm. and it's and it's you know, and they have they have a place to speak out about it. It's being taken seriously. I do think. In terms of the reaction, in terms of you know employers, you know reaction to it, we, you know we're going to have to come to a situation where there is there is complete due process. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's not a popular thing to talk about, but right. but, God, real, but people man. but people are being you know com, you know losing their jobs over this, and I, and I would venture to say ninety percent of the time they probably deserve it, but I do think everybody deserves due process, and we need to uh, make sure that you know everything you know that never forget Jamal's a lawyer. Okay. Right, you know, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> he forget. believes in the system. I believe what, 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 but that's <laughs> or, or that the, or that the system, the system, you know, should be, you know, you should, should be innocent until proven yeah, guilty. Innocent until proven guilty. It, it, it was a little, little troubling, you know, what a lot of news organizations are saying is that yes, he was, tur- but we did do an investigation. Right. Mm-hmm. That's we the did, key. We did talk to several people, and based on some of these conversations, and and what I find interesting is almost nobody. Said I didn't do it. Right. Yeah, Tavis, I mean, or, or, Smiley, Tavis Smiley said he didn't do it. Tavis Smiley said he didn't do it. So, so you and know he, what? But, so, but so, so he's going to fight back. But he and, didn't say what he didn't do. You know, right. what I'm saying? he said he didn't. He didn't harass. But the the was story consensual. was the story was that you you were dating. He said it was consensual you relationships. Dating, you were consen- yeah. you, but there's no such thing as a consensual relationship with people you can hire and fire. To really? Me. I don't think so. Hmm, really? Yeah, you got to stay away from that. Yeah. Well, the, sounds- the big takeaway from that to me. Or multiple, definitely multiple people. Right. Consensual relationships with multiple, I I with multiple people. Like, as, like, like the no more of this, you know, oh, I like what you got. Nothing, no. nothing, you know. Yeah. Oh, right. I like it. Nothing. That's what Envy said. He said, can I ask you, can I tell you I like your shirt? No. I said, you can say you like my shirt. You can't. No. I remember, no. I, I, remember no. I, I, asked I, you, like I asked you that one time about a year ago, you know, what what would be appropriate to, to say? And you were like, you can, you can only, you can comment on what people 
are wearing, but not their appearance. Not even what no, they're wearing, but, but like an on, earring or no, uh, no, nothing. a necklace. Good morning. But yeah. not on something. You can't say were, your legs look great in those yeah. shorts, but you can say I like your shorts. Yeah, exactly. No, you can't. That's it. Yes, That's you it. can. No, you can't. What, what do you like about my shorts? I the like them. I would love to get the them way. from my wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You can you can say There you go. Right. You can't you can't comment on the physical You can't aspects. comment on my body, but you can comment on what I have on. on. Your shorts. Right. You can say, Oh, so those shoes are those shoes are dope. I like those. Right. You Where can did say, you get them? Right. And you can't say you look great in that. That's mm-hmm. that's inappropriate too, I think. Mm-hmm. You can say that shirt, that's a nice shirt, but you can't say you look I great say, in that shirt. Good morning, Miss G. How's good morning? Right. That's inappropriate. Well, good morning. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got so nervous. <laughs> like, what's, what's, what's wrong with that? Like, I just said good morning. He's like, I'm about to be out of here. I don't, I don't like to think. I think the, I think the biggest story as we wind down, I, I, I think the biggest story was uh, Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You're absolutely Cause, right. Because I think that, I mean, these are all, it's possible that, that the all three are right. huge. But mm-hmm. it, this is, I think when you look back on this year, you're going to see that this was a, a seismic year. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, sexual harassment. You're talking about protests. You're talking about mm-hmm. these, you know, police brutality, police brutality, and all that kind of pros. And that's what people are finally with a, a silent gesture, inequality, all of it, all of it. In other words, all of it. Right. The inequality, the police brutality, the racism, and actually, and you people come to these stadiums and like basically validating it. And then getting pissed off at us right. for bringing it to your team because you want to come here to an escape. I think right. that's been, and to me, it's and not just escape. They want to perpetuate, perpetuate, yeah, escape it because a lot. How many times they said we go there, we just go, we come here, we just want to tailgate and right. watch the thing. And they've been so conditioned to watching all these black folks in the NBA and the NFL not be black. And I think now the blackness mm-hmm. is becoming visible. They're like, damn. <laughs> when they say we don't want to let the slaves run the plantation, right? Oh right. my right. god! Well, the inmates, right. said the oh in, yeah, the inmates in, run the in, in, prison. Inmates run the prison. Right. Just go. Well, that's the new plantation, right? Exactly. And each one of these things we've identified is just getting started. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be clearly as we turn this page to look at this new chapter. And you saw Diddy said he wants to own it, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, what do I think about what he said, or yeah, yeah. what do I think about the comments well, that well, he looked like he was? Didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Uh, drinking a 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a little... I want to earn the... It, was, it wasn't the most professional... That was uh, disgusting. What, did it look like he was drinking a 40? No, but I just can't believe that somebody would say that. Oh. My whole thing oh, is some, that... Somebody said that. You didn't see that whole story? No. I just saw the I saw the video, but I didn't, I didn't see that. It was a um, reporter, and he said that um, he looked like he was high and drinking a 40 right, when he, he said Because he had a, a wife beater on or... Uh, and but you know what do I think about that? I think that would be great. There's no black owners in the NFL, right? Right, and then and then and we need that. And Diddy's a great entrepreneur. He, oh, yeah. no question. He didn't have to know. He he didn't have to know what the damn name of the yeah, damn he didn't team. Know the he name of the team. That was a problem. He called the North Carolina Panthers. Fine, you know. Uh, he was talking about the halftime show. That's cool, right. but you're right. That's not the, that's not really the, the important thing. Most of the owners, yeah. Are, you see, the, oh yeah, you think all these owners know anything? Right. You know? And it's like people's wives that are right. owners. No, and, right. no yeah. you're right. You're right. So right. he got the money. The b- but the, line, the important right. thing was the real the real part of the story was that Kaepernick was like, I, I want in. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry Steph was Curry like, I want in. in. Mm-hmm. And hopefully a whole bunch of more guys say, I want in. Because we definitely have the money and the power if we 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 stick together and use it. And you always talk about that. Yeah. Well, that, that, that to me, going into 2018, we as a people have got to figure out the new common denominator mm-hmm. of what we've got together. And if that means that 
Ta-Nehisi Coates and Cornell have to argue, that we got to argue. Sometimes you have to argue. You got to lock yourselves in a room. Say we're not leaving here till we figure it out. Right? Who are black folks in 2018? And we're we're much more complicated because we're we're you know we come from a but there is a common denominator. If the election showed. Doesn't matter how you see yourself. A whole bunch of folks see you as black. Right. You could you could be talking. Well, you know my mother. yeah yeah right. They see you right. as black. You could talk right. all this balls. And I think that as a people, we've got to figure out a way. In in your industry, in my industry, because I think sometimes we can get wrapped up so much in what we do that we lose track of the progression of how we got here. Right. And how we got here is because whoever preceded you, whoever preceded me had to push the ball forward and sometimes ask these tough questions and sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's name of the game. I mean, we get we get lost in the celebrity, particularly in this particular era that we're in, where it's really about the ego and, and being up front. But you got to use being up front to help us pull together. I mean, that's what I think. And Colin Kaepernick will definitely go down in history. No You're absolutely right. No if, he didn't play, if he doesn't play one more down, in fact, right. he probably shouldn't play another He would down. never right. take that back. Right. No, he, I, right. and and I hope he. No, he won't. He well, a he can't. Yeah, he right. can't. He can't. He but can't. I'm sure if he could go back and do it all over again, he'd do it the same. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. You know, it's funny yeah. that, that. Well, you know, Tommy Smith, of, of famous of the of the um, the protest, the Olympic protest '68, and, and I, I know them both pretty well. But they both said, you know, shit. If I knew then <laughs> what I know now, the death threats, how our lives would basically be ruined, no job and all that. And he said, I wouldn't do it. Fortunately, that's why I guess you're blessed with, youth is blessed with sort of a blind because you just do it. Right, just go. Yeah, and you don't think about, yeah. I'm right. sure he didn't anticipate that it would be this big of a deal. Right. Yeah. But, 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 I, don't think, I don't think Kaepernick thought that oh, he'll he, never work again. He'll never work again. Right. <laughs> you know, and if he knew that, somebody told him, okay, now, this but is it. You never but work in football again. But he'll never right. be forgotten. Never be forgotten. Uh, he's an inspiration. He's to, probably bigger than any football player, period, oh, exactly. right now. And Tommy Smith. They have statues, like you said. That's right. These guys have statues. That's right. And 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 the thing else, this guy, you know, on my block in Harlem, uh, Jonathan. And I remember we had this conversation on, on on the street, and he was like, "Man, I lived right across the street from um, Jackie Robinson Park." Mm-hmm. And he was saying, "Oh man, you know, how come everybody's talking about LeBron? This is back, you know, when LeBron was. How come nobody's talking about Jordan anymore? Everybody talk about LeBron and all that." And I said, "You know, man, right? We live across from Jackie Robinson Park, right? Now Jackie Robinson died." In 19, uh, 1972, right? But we're still talking about Jackie Robinson. Muhammad Ali had been dead. For, why do you think we're still talking about these people, right? Because it's about something. It's not about because scoring points. It's about something greater mm-hmm. than that. You know, Michael Jordan points. But the reason we remember people is because of some great thing they did. That transcended the sport. sports. Right? Yeah, or, or, or art or music or something mm-hmm. and and i think that's sort of the challenge of what are you going to do 50 years from now 60 years from now for people say yeah you know eh, jamal murphy man you know angelie bought the po- she bought the station right you know she runs her own station now you know so anyway maybe <laughs> going to, anyway hey listen um angela again thanks again Thank for you. Uh, for being here and dropping some knowledge on our hbcu uh i think you know you you've inspired uh Kyla Wright, she's going to be the next big star. Uh, and now you're going to find a homegirl. You're going to find a homegirl in Detroit. <laughs> and uh, Jamal, 
You know, always a pleasure, man. We're going to make 2018 even better. You help us get LeVar Ball on this show? I can. I'll do my best. I'll make sure next time he comes in. And are you guys going to go to the next game? I'm going. Jamal's not really that um, loyal to Brooklyn. I love the the Nets. You know, you're not, no, no she just said you're not loyal to I'm, Brooklyn. Oh, oh, come on, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn <laughs> practice. <laughs> yeah, anyway. she's, the, she's the face of the Nets, but you know, <laughs> literally. I was part of the Nets campaign, <laughs> but I'm excited yeah, that the Nets are. In she's Brooklyn. on the billboards. You know what I mean, well, Jeremy Lin. Can I? Can I? Can I? Jeremy. Jeremy Lynch. Thank you. He guys. was on there too. Damn it. Happy New Year. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Happy New Year and uh, happy birthday. Thank you. All right. Bye. That's all the time we have for the show. I'd like to wish everybody a very happy new year. Uh, I'd like 2018 for everybody to be even better than 2017. I want everybody to be healthy and happy and upbeat and optimistic. Happy new year, everyone. Thanks for listening to HBCU 468, the Roden Fellows podcast. This show is produced by Aaron Matthewson. Tony Chow and Martin Onebu are in the control room. Get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts as well as All Day. What are those? And Morning Roast by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Join us next week for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everybody.